entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. The show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, DC Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders so they can inspire others. I'm very proud to let you know we record the Business Builder Show in the studios of 94.3 FM, The Talker, which is part of Bold Goal Media, and we are in Scranton, Pennsylvania. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find our show and many other fine shows on C-Suite Radio at c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. My guest with me today is Tiffany Bova. Hi, Tiffany. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me today. I'm super excited. I'm super excited about this because you wrote a great book. But before we get into that, let me do the formal introduction. Tiffany Bova, and I'm going to spell her name right out of the gate because I want you typing it, not while you're driving, but as you're, you've got some place. I want you typing her name and her .com is her website. It's T-I-F-F-A-N-I Bova, B-O-V-A. Now, people in the know will already know who she is, but let me do a formal introduction. Tiffany Bova is the Global Customer Growth and Innovation Evangelist at Salesforce and was previously VP, Distinguished Analyst and Research Fellow with Gartner. Tiffany has interviewed guests ranging from Dan Pink to Ariana Huffington on her What's Next podcast. I'm going to pause there for a minute. You want to write that down. She has a podcast called What's Next. What, What's Next podcast and her insights have helped companies like Microsoft, Cisco, IBM, Oracle, SAP, Dell, and Amazon, including Amazon Web Services among them, and she has helped them. So I think we have something to talk about. And Tiffany has written an outrageously good book, it's called Growth IQ. Get smarter about the choices that will make or break your business. Now, Tiffany, I want to say one other thing, and then you're going to take over. Here's what I want to say. Okay, I'm ready. I read well over 100 books a year, and I do Whoa. well over 150 business interviews a year. I want to announce to the world that your book is one of the best business books I have ever read. Wow, thank you. And I expect this interview to be awesome. So um, the book, again, is Growth IQ, Get Smarter About the Choices That Will Make or Break Your Business. So let's put the context in this way. You talk about context, combination, and sequence. So start us out by talking about those three things. Well, Thank you first. You know, thank you for what a great, uh, amazing uh, comment to make about the book. I worked really hard on it. So it's always nice to hear that the baby's not ugly. So 
that's always a, a baby good place is very, to start. very attractive. Go ahead. Yeah, it's not ugly. <laughs> uh, but what I did and how I landed on that was I, like you, read a lot, uh, business, a lot of business books, and I wanted to see what was missing from what I was consuming. Uh, you know, as I was on my own journey, right? Because I read to make myself better, uh, you know, whether it be on managing or understanding certain trends, et cetera. And, and what was missing for me was the how side of growth and what makes it different from one to the other. So how can people actually put into action the things they were learning along the way? Mm-hmm. And that's really where I landed on context, combination, and sequence. Mm. Uh, context for me includes sort of current social and economic conditions. So kind of what's happening in the market, mm-hmm. uh, existing product portfolio, what do they have? What are they selling? Competitive landscape, what are others like them doing? And then corporate culture, because that's a big one for me. If you're mm-hmm. going to go after kind of a blue ocean innovation strategy, do you even have a culture that is able to handle mm-hmm. innovation in that way? Mm-hmm. So context was making sure that based on what was going on around them, the decision they made on how they were going to grow makes sense. The second thing for me was combination, which I used to get asked a lot, what's the one thing I can do Mm. to get out of a growth stall? Or what's the one thing I can do that can help uh, increase my top line revenue? And I've learned over the 20 years of doing this that it's never just one thing, that it is always the combination of things. Mm. And that's what I thought was subtly missing in a lot of the things I was consuming from a business book perspective was missing that, you know, the nuance on the how to make some of these big things happen Mm -hmm. is the interconnectedness of Mm -hmm. multiple activities. Mm -hmm. And then the, and then the third thing was sequence, which was really a way for me to say timing. Uh, And what I meant by that is, do we need to do this before we do that? Because it will give us a better likelihood of success. If we just go for it, is it actually going to give us uh, less than what we're expecting? And I have to say sequence and combination were a huge reason Mm -hmm. why the companies that I used uh, examples on why they were successful of either uh, accelerating growth, coming out of a growth stall, you know, when they started to see a slowdown Mm -hmm. uh, or where they were, you know, able to move into adjacent markets. Wow. Okay. And you have, I should know the answer about, you talk about 30 different uh, companies. Is it 30 in the book? Yeah. So what I did was uh, I had, sort of 10 growth paths, and then there's three stories per path. There you go. Yeah, and so uh, two positive stories, and uh, meaning like here is a company who used this particular way to grow very successfully, and here's in what combo and sequence they did it, and what lessons can we learn. Then there's the third story per path that was a, you know, they made the decision to use this path as a way to grow the business, and it wasn't as successful, and why not? Yeah, I, I love the outline of the book. I just really did. It was such an easy read. Uh, it flowed well. And you outlined 10 paths to success. Talk about a hard word to say, path uh, to success. I'm going to mention the 10, but we can't possibly cover the 10, but I'm gonna, going to read them quickly, and we're going to talk about two or three of them. That okay with you? So path That's one. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. Path one, customer experience. Two, Customer base penetration. Next, market acceleration. Next, uh, product expansion. Then, customer and product diversification. Path number six, optimize sales. Path number seven, 
churn. Number eight, partnerships. Number nine, co-opetition. Number 10, unconventional strategies. Let's start with the first one that you mentioned, because they have to buy the book to get all of this. Uh, But let's start with the customer experience. Now, can I pick the story? Sure, pick the story. Go for it. I just love Shake Shack. I mean, (laughs) wow, is that a cool story? So talk to us about that in the context of Path One, customer experience. Yeah, great, great one to choose because uh, let's go to context. You know, the the customer set, right, people who may have been appropriate for Danny Meyer, who was the CEO at the time, to go after was saying, you know, I want an alternative to fast food, but I don't want to give up the quality just because I need a fast meal. So fast casual was born, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, many years before. But, you know, Danny Meyer says, how do I take what I know from my higher end restaurants and apply it to this kind of fast, casual kind of business model. And so it popped up as a, you know, little cart in a park in New York City. And all of a sudden the line got really long. It was part of an art installation and it was supposed to be temporary. And then he filed mm. for, you mm. know, the, the proper licenses to stay there. And and when the line got really, really long, he said, well, maybe I should open up a you know, a storefront. And, and that's when Shake Shack was born in its current form. But it was it was a combination of saying, I want to lead with quality food, not sacrifice that quality to give it at a more reasonable price. But first and foremost, I want to make sure my employees are, are completely empowered and enabled to deliver an amazing experience to our customers mm-hmm. every single time. Mm-hmm. And the combination of those things mm-hmm. has allowed you know, Shake Shack to have just exponential growth. It's been a, a, an amazing journey for them. Yeah, it has been amazing. I'm going to announce several times who I'm speaking with. It's Tiffany Bova. You can go to her website. That's the best place. Is it not, Tiffany, to learn more? Yeah, that's the best place. So either TiffanyBova.com, uh, follow me on Twitter at Tiffany underscore Bova yeah, or LinkedIn. I'm, I'm pretty active socially. I, I've seen that. So I'm going to spell the name again. T-I-F-F-A-N-I. Last name is Bova, B-O-V-A. And yes, you go to that website and you can see her on all social media. Let's go to path back to path number one, the customer experience. And here's the question. Is the Customer service experience, is that like foundational for maybe the rest of the paths? Uh, talk to me more about that. Oh, absolutely. You know, when I was coming up with the 10, you know, none of these should really be anything new to anybody who's listening, you know, that's been in business for any period of time or been a consumer, which should kind of cover everyone. Yeah. Um, it's a modernized approach to many things that have been out there before. But the one thing that I felt was the foundation to everything people are now focused on, customer experience has become this, you know, very, very vocal uh, conversation in the industry. You know, how do we compete better on customer experience or customer experience is the new product or customer experience is the new battleground. Uh, a lot of that came from the the work that was done pr- in my previous life uh, when I was at Gartner. And, and now that I'm at Salesforce, you know, really watching it in action and watching customers businesses move from being very product-led to being very customer-led. 
has had huge implications into the way in which they sell, go to market, market, engage, and deliver customer service. Mm. So customer experience to me is the foundation for what any business will do. Uh, and then use, going back to the Danny Meyer example, you know, your customers are only going to ever be as happy as your employees. So it's yep. not only yep. customer as external customer, but as an employer, your customer is your employees. You want them to have a great experience as well. So it's the combination of both sides of the coin on the definition of customer. Uh, but that experience is is at the heartbeat of what everybody does. We're talking about uh, Tiffany's great book. Its title is Growth IQ, How Get Smarter About the Choices That Will Make or break your business. That's kind of a strong statement. Um, you outline 10 different uh, paths. So here I am, a business leader. Um, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but talk to me more. Can I just pick one and like get this done and like get her done? Like pick one of these paths and make it happen? Or uh, talk to me more about that. So I, I, that's a great question, because when I chose the stories that I chose for the businesses, uh, you know, it's not a full blown case study of from the beginning of the company to where they are today. There's no way I could do 30 of them in a in a book anyone would want to read. Right. So I picked a point in time where they were at a crossroads to make a decision of, OK, they now want to accelerate growth and they made this choice. It's not that it's one thing. You could pick one path, but remember, one path in combination potentially with something else. So, mm. for example, customer mm -hmm. experience. You'd never not want a good customer experience. So you're launching a new product. So then you'd say, I'm going to launch a new product or I'm going to go into a new market. Uh, I want to make sure the experience is good. So right away, you have two paths. Mm -hmm. And and one of the paths is, is optimized sales, which is another one that's kind of foundational. Mm. So, you know, customer experience, optimized path, and then how are you going to go and grow? Am I going to enter a new market? Am I going to launch a new product? Am I going to uh, sell more to my base? Am I going to reduce the amount of churn that's happening? And if you're going to reduce churn, it has a natural to sales optimization and customer experience, right? So... Uh, rarely is it one yeah. now yeah. you do have to pick one Yep. because there you go, you know, but you do have to think about that combina combination and the subtlety of that. So at the end of each chapter, I give the natural and obvious combinations for that path so that the reader will know, you know, for, uh, you know, market acceleration, the natural combination for that would be customer experience, sales optimization, you know, as an example, so that they go, look, if we're going to try to accelerate into another market, we want to make sure that we have we're getting the most productivity out of our sellers. We're delivering a really strong customer experience, and it's going to give us a better likelihood for success. Okay, so listeners, don't panic. Um, the book is here. Tiffany's uh, advice is here because I'm listening to you. I read the book, and sometimes what has crossed my mind, Tiffany, is that this seems pretty complex. Is it my imagination? Or is achieving growth getting harder to navigate? Is it getting harder? Talk to me about that. So I absolutely think it's getting harder. Mm. And the the big reason for me of why it's getting harder has very little to do. You know, everybody always goes, well, it's harder because of technology or because of, you know, the fact that everyone has a smartphone. And, and the answer is absolutely that is true and it plays a role. But I actually think the most disruptive thing in the market today is actually the customer. Hmm. Meaning the Good customer's point. expectations from businesses yeah. Yeah. are so drastically different than they were just five years ago, but for sure 10 years ago. So 20th century companies that were born in the 20th century are finding it difficult to make the pivot towards more of a 21st century company that is more 
you know, mobile enabled, mobile first, social, much more digital, you know, leveraging the fact that customers are going to shop online, you know, and and maybe buy retail or vice versa, or, you know, they're going to find out about certain brands uh, from peers and friends and, you know, reviews versus what they used to do. So I I feel like the customer is making it harder uh, because they're, they're more demanding. Second to that is the fact that Companies are able to stand up, uh, you know, a competitor uh-huh. uh, with a li- with much less upfront costs. So mm. one of the examples uh, I use in the book is actually Kylie Jenner, and yeah. you know, she's yeah. you know she's you could argue how much uh, the the revenue is, but you know roughly they're estimating around the six hundred and fifty seven hundred million dollar range in wow. less than three years. It's wow. the fastest sort of beauty brand ever, and she has less than twenty employees. Wow. So you sort of say, okay. <laughs> The you know revenue per employee number is almost unbeatable, yeah. number one. But could she have done that ten years ago, or would she have gone down the path of I'm going to open up an R and D lab and I'm going to test and I'm going to manufacture my own stuff and package and handle all the supply chain myself? And or you know am I going to take advantage of my massive social platform and go partner? you know, with somebody who uh, knows how to do this stuff, right? Yeah. And then I can bring it to market much more rapidly than you know if you said who other beauty brands that she may be competing against that have been in the business for 50 years, 75 years, 100 years, that have all this infrastructure and expense associated with them. They can't be as nimble and agile uh, as potentially she could be, or Jessica Alba as, a, as another example. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's uh, going through my mind is that the customer is deciding what they're going to buy, how they're going to buy it. The days of doing all the research and shoving advertising down your throat uh, it's kind of over with. Let's talk about Kylie Jenner a, a little more because Kylie Jenner has a, a famous name, but is that's not enough, is it? Well, it didn't hurt. I mean, her social yeah. media following is hardly unrivaled. All. I think she's like, you know, one of the top 10 social you know media followers in the world, you know, with yeah. you know Taylor Swift and some of our presidents. Right. So at the end of the day, uh, it didn't hurt. But uh, there are many celebrities who have launched products, you know, restaurants or, you know, record labels or clothing lines or, uh, you know, liquor brands or whatever it might be and not been successful. So celebrity will uh, give you potentially a meeting that you might otherwise not get. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it's going to drive uh, success and most definitely not that kind of success. So. It was a combination of a, of a number of a number of things. Uh, but going back to context. You know, it, it, it has everything to do with who is her audience, yeah, knowing yeah. that audience really well, yeah. and then taking that audience on their transition between teenage years to adult years to, you know, a young woman to a woman and saying, you know, we're all struggling with trying to find out what is beauty to us and, you know, how do we feel and look and, and what do we want to do and how do we use makeup? And so this kind of very wrapper around, I'm going to bring them all on this journey with me is different than someone who is not a teenager trying to design products for teenagers yeah. you know, and then take them on that journey. So there's a lot to be said. And Jessica Alba, uh, once again, as an example, she was a new mother. She was looking for a particular product saw a need in the marketplace, you know, I don't want my child to have, you know, these kinds of, of um, ingredients in the things that I'm using on, on my daughter's body. And I don't want diapers that have this, that, and the other thing. And so that's, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm very connected to that particular demographic. And I'm going to take them on this journey with me as my daughter grows up, I'm going to bring along more products that match that 
that growth within my daughter? And then do I say, well, now that I've got this community of customers who are have said they're environmentally conscious, they don't want to use things with you know preservatives or or chemicals. You know, I'm I'm going to go stand in front of Congress and I'm going to fight for you know cleaner things that we use on our our children and babies and. Right. You, Right. That whole flywheel, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, it's going to work. Now, is it perfect? Could you argue that both of those brands have uh, have had hiccups? It, it's not going to be perfect. It's really all in how you recover, you know, and what you do and what the what the customer base and what the market is willing to take from you. Yeah, let's uh, the uh, honest company, Jennifer Alba story. You talk about that under the category or the path of market acceleration. And the Kylie Jenner uh, under the path of product expansion, and and so just hearing what you said, and and when you talk, when you read the book and you learn more, you'll see the connection. So you kind of set me up there a little bit. Some of the stories that you tell uh, are kind of famous brand names, and and they had hiccups. Maybe pick one or two of those stories that you'd like to tell me. Yeah, and I think it's very interesting, right? In this age of social media, it's hard to have a hiccup without everybody then talking about it. Mm, yeah. Um, but I'm a firm believer in in watching how people respond. I mean, I think we all in our own consumer conscience can think of situations in the market where a brand may have hit a hiccup for whatever reason. Could be a really bad customer service experience or, um, you know, tainted food or, you know, the claims they made was not valid or the products are just okay, whatever it might be. Yeah. But you watch how quickly the CEO or leadership team or the brand responds, how transparent they are. And what that does is it just engenders a huge amount of trust uh, in the consumer base, which is actually my 10th path, which is kind of this unconventional strategy. And I and I really picked. Uh, doing well by doing good. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot to do with this kind of topic mm-hmm. around sort of trust and transparency and in purpose before profit. And and if you can balance sort of purpose before profit and profit, yeah. it's a really powerful combination where the CEO goes, you know what, we made a mistake. We're going to own up to it. We're going to correct it. Uh, and we're we're here to make sure that our customers and the market you know trust us and believe that if something goes wrong, we're here to 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 make it better and make it better quickly uh, and communicate along the way as that happens. Yeah. But if you look back two or three years ago to now, look at how much that's compressed. Right? Yeah. It used to be you wouldn't hear anything for a week or two or you wouldn't hear anything at all. And then it was a week and then it was five days, six to four days, three days, two days. Now it's within the hour, a press release, you yes. know. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and so I think CEOs are learning that they need to be much more active in what is the uh, position and personality and purpose of their brand. And then how do they uh, communicate that through uh, their growth efforts without it appearing like they're just going to sell whatever and don't care. So in case you're interested in uh, one of the companies she was talking about, I'm going to say it online. I'm going to say it on the show. One of them is Wells Fargo, which I found fascinating. Um, And I think people will find that story very fascinating. My guest is Tiffany Bova, and she is the Global Customer Growth and Innovation Evangelist at Salesforce. So she's got some extraordinarily hands-on experience in all what she's talking about. Her great book is Growth IQ, Growth IQ, Get Smarter About the Choices That Will Make or Break Your Business. So you mentioned path number 10 it's one of my favorite categories, unconventional strategies. Maybe I shouldn't ask you this because you want people to read the book. I do too. 
But you got to talk to me. You got to talk to me more about lemonade insurance. Come on. Yeah. Give me the That's scoop on one. that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's interesting because um, I, I, I knew as I started writing the book that kind of 10 paths had shaped themselves over time. Mm-hmm. And I had unconventional strategies as the path. Mm-hmm. It was going to be my 10th path. Mm-hmm. And I was going down kind of a different angle. And uh, I'd say the, you know, people often ask me, why did I uh, choose to work at Salesforce when I was, uh, when I was leaving Gartner? Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, listen, I, I've attended a lot of tech conferences over my career, both as, you know, an employee in the selling technology and then as a Gartner analyst. And, you know, so I have probably been, I, I, I don't know, maybe a, a thousand over 20 years, who knows how many. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, I knew I had been to 10 Dream Forces, which is Salesforce's right. annual conference in San Francisco each year. Right. And it's the only tech conference I'd ever been to in my career, and still is really to this day, where mm. I left wanting to be a better person. Mm. And yeah. so it, because it's just so aligned to its core values, and our, and our CEO is just an advocate for yeah. um, really just equality for everybody. Right. And so that was really why I made the decision. And so when I was shaping the 10th path, I said, you know, I, I really want to bookend this. Because if the first path is customer experience, right, it's all about the customer, it's all about the employee. The last path is really you know, doing well by doing good, which I think is a great story arc. You know, you mm-hmm. kind of sure. run through all the business stuff, but you start with people and you end with people. Yeah. And you start with people, but you end with sort of big social things. So in doing my investigation of, you know, who's who's really going after, you know, this doing well by doing good in an industry that has never, that's very established and mm-hmm. has never really played that card as their differentiator. And Lemonade Insurance popped up and I was like, boy, Wow. Who are these guys, right? Yeah, who are those guys? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so they're small, you know, but they're going up against, you know, State yeah. Farm and they're going up against John Hancock. We all know the big rock commercial and sturdy and, you know, been in business 100 years. And and then I was reading the statistics, uh, which I was not aware of, but, yeah. uh, you know, that it normally for insurance, it's uh, men who will buy insurance and take that on as a mm-hmm. as a an item that they will manage for the household kind of a thing. Uh, it, it tends to be when people are a little bit older, so kind of in their 30s or in their 40s, uh, and it tends to be a very kind of heavy process, you know, in going out and looking for insurance. And so the founders of Lemonade really just flipped that all on its head and said, well, hold on a second. Like we've got, let, let's let's flip the dynamics, you know, and, and the competitive roadmap, if you will, and make it really easy and seamless to get insurance, number one. Mm-hmm. Two, let's be mobile first and sort of, you know, use the internet as the interactive point and the and the portal for us to engage with customers. Two, like let's really think about what it means to deliver, mm. um, you know, in, information to our prospective customers. And uh, it, lo and behold, what they found was they actually have almost 50-50 men and women buying insurance, which is unheard of. Yeah. Two, yeah. captured millennials in their first insurance buy. So getting insurance when they normally maybe wouldn't even get insurance uh, because they've made it easy and seamless. So it was an accidental success story, if you will. But the really amazing thing was they said, when you sign up to be a customer, you're going to pick a social cause. We have a handful of them and you're going to go into a pool of money. And if your pool, your group of socially conscious people around a particular uh, nonprofit 
does not spend out, like there's not a lot of claims, we will donate a portion of that money back to that charity. That's, then, that story just blew me away. Right? And, and, and I think so I'm what it does sp- is now you're yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not sticking it to the insurance company. Unbelievable. Right? I'm, so now the and, – and the signature is not a signature on a dotted line of a piece of paper no one's paying attention to. It's a video call where you're actually committing face-to-face to a human being. Don't which tell, has don't tell them anymore. Dynamics. Tiffany, don't tell them anymore. Don't tell oh, us it's anymore. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. The whole book is fascinating. It is phenomenal. I said at the beginning of the show, it's one of the best business books I have ever read. Uh, I knew this interview would be absolutely awesome. My guest has been Tiffany Bova. You can find her at TiffanyBova.com. You can certainly just go to that name, T-I-F-F-A-N-I. Her last name is B-O-V-A. You're going to find her on social media. Uh, Tiffany, we need to wrap up. What didn't I ask you that you want to talk about briefly, or what did I miss, or did I? do you need to correct anything that I said? No, I, you know, I just really appreciate the support and I look forward to hearing all the feedback uh, about the book. You know, I, I think this is a journey that I'm on, on the topics that I've sort of brought to the forefront through these 10 paths and kind of the way I've constructed this framework. So I can't wait to hear how more companies uh, will, will change the way they think. For me, this is so much more than a business model or a growth strategy. It is definitely much more about an entire kind of Uh, mindset shift, right? And so, uh, you know, you've got this thinking style. And if I can get people to just think about one thing differently than they did the day before, and they change an action that gives them some positive results, I will feel as if uh, I have been successful in my attempt to bring value to companies around growth. Tiffany Abova, thank you so much for being a guest on the Business Builder Show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to The Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Reminding you to find all our shows and many other great shows on C-Suite Radio. That's c-suiteradio.com. On behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, your host, and D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, thank you for listening to The Business Builder Show, but stay tuned for information on how you can become part of the C-Suite Network. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite Radio Show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builder Show get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited-time offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.